Hey everybody, welcome to The Journey. Happy Sunday. So glad you've joined us this weekend. And let me look in the camera and say a big hello to all of our locations. We're celebrating together today, as you heard. And if you are here for the first time, you did choose a great weekend to hang out with us. It is baptism weekend, which means in just a few minutes, people will be going public with their faith in Jesus by being immersed in water. And just like followers of Jesus have done for 2,000 years, And you don't have to buy all of this yet to be moved by today. So if you're not sure what you believe about God or church or Jesus or any of that, I think this can still be a very, very powerful thing for you to observe. And then I know for many of you at all of our locations today, you have signed up in advance, you're ready, you've been waiting for this day, you can't wait uh, to be baptized. And we already, uh, last night here at our broadcast location, baptized 43 people. It was amazing, amazing celebration. Yeah. And... uh, So many of you, you've signed up in advance, you're ready, you can't wait, but others of you today, uh, perhaps you did not decide in advance, maybe you're still kind of on the fence, or you hadn't even really given it much thought before today, and I want you to know that you can make that decision over the next few minutes. We have everything you need, we're ready for you, and if God draws you uh, to him and you just decide today's the day, I want to go public with my faith, I want the people around me to know uh, that I'm with Jesus and he is with me, then we've got everything ready And I'll share more about how you can take that step in just a few minutes. But this weekend actually leads into the rest of our year as a church. And as you heard, Compassion Weekend is coming next weekend. We'll be going outside our walls to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I encourage you, uh, go to the Serve app, find one of those opportunities to serve and make a difference. The following weekend uh, is our Christmas offering. So if you are a part of this community of faith, if you're a guest here today joining us for the first time, um, this is something that we do as a, as a church family every year. I encourage each of us to give our most generous gift of the year toward what matters most to God, above and beyond our regular giving. And uh, we, the offering is open now, but that's the weekend. We'll kind of celebrate that together. And the need is real. We want to make a difference throughout what we call Journey City, which you've probably seen this uh, circle, this map. So what we're passionate about as a church, feel called by God as a church to make a difference in this 30-mile radius around our broadcast location. 1.8 million people live in that circle, and so many of them need hope and need help and need the grace and the life that only Jesus can bring. You can help reach more of them through our Christmas offering. So if you are a part of this community of faith, every dollar you give to that does not go to pay our bills or ongoing ministry week to week. It all goes to extend our reach throughout our region, so be praying about that. And then last but not least... Christmas is coming, everybody, and Christmas is coming to the journey. One of my favorite times of the year, December 22nd through the 24th, we have 14 in-person gatherings for you to choose from across our location, so it doesn't matter what's on your calendar, 14 of them, so lots of opportunities for you to join us, and we have lots more live online opportunities, too, if you want to invite Uh, family and friends who are too far away geographically, can't be at one of our locations in person. It's going to be a great weekend. But for today, it is baptism weekend. You guys fired up about baptism weekend? It's a party. And uh, as we jump into the message uh, today, when my wife Susie and I had been married for a year or so, uh, we were pretty broke. I don't know how many of you have had this experience, but we, we did not know how to make money or keep money. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We didn't know either. It's good if you know one or the other, but we didn't know either. And uh, we went to a restaurant uh, with some of our family, and it was one of those restaurants, I don't know if you've been there, 
uh, in a restaurant like this, but it's family style, but not just your dining party. So you're going to be seated at a large table. People you don't know are there. It's always a little bit awkward until the food comes, you know, you're trying to make small talk. And I just, I got this feeling like everybody at our table that day was better off financially than we were, like by a lot. You know, you just kind of pick up on those things like, oh, we're in a different league right now. And I was feeling a little insecure about that because it wasn't difficult to be far beyond us financially at that time in our lives. And I was feeling a little insecure about it. So I thought it would be funny to pretend that we were rich. And uh, I started leaning over to Susie and whispering things like, oh, baby, I, I left the Porsche at the summer house. Do you think Jameson would mind driving it up this weekend for us? I know it's his off weekend, but we'll see if maybe he's available. And she, of course, Susie was like, she was embarrassed. She was like, stop, stop, stop. And a year into marriage, I didn't realize that when your spouse tells you to stop doing something, you should stop doing it. You know, it took me a few years to figure that out, but I thought that meant this is fun. Let's do it. So, you know, a few minutes later, I leaned over and said something like, hey, where do you want a summer this year? At our house in the Hamptons? Or do you want something more exotic like the Maldives? You know, I'm like, I'm just kind of making up all these things that I thought, you know, rich people would talk about. And Susie's like, stop, 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 stop. And I was just, I thought it would be interesting. Aren't you glad you're not married to me? First of all, if you're, some of you are like, woo, dodged a bullet there. God bless Susie. I will increase my prayers for her. Um, but whatever our background with church or faith, any of that, we have all had moments of faking it, right? Well, everybody has, has faked it at some point. It's about a show of hands. You're at one of our physical locations. Just show of hands. How many of us have, we've faked it at some point in our lives. We just, we've faked it, Okay. So if you didn't raise your hand, you're faking it right now. You understand? Because you have faked it. Everybody has. Everybody in the world has at some point in our lives, we try to fit in with people around us or trying to measure up to what people's expectations are of us and people around us, school, work, with our circle of friends. We, we just try to act a certain way. We've all been there. Have you ever been in a situation when you just wondered, how am I supposed to act right now? Produces a lot of anxiety, right? You're in a new or unfamiliar setting. Like, how do I act right now? And here's what I think. I think for many of us who have put our faith in Jesus, and again, that may not be you today. You're here just trying to figure out what you believe or maybe to support someone who is taking steps in their journey of faith. But for all of us who believe in Jesus, I think we still wonder, how am I supposed to act as a follower of Jesus? How am I supposed to act? And sometimes when we're not sure how to act, or when we're feeling a little bit insecure, we are tempted to act like someone we're not. And I think that can be really dangerous. In fact, here's what I think we can all agree on today. Wherever you land with spiritual things, it's never okay to act like someone we're not. Can we all agree? That's true. Like we've seen enough hypocrisy in the world, right? Exaggerating, putting on a show, not cool. We don't wanna continue to be friends with people, close friends with people who are always acting like someone they're not. We don't want to continue dating someone who acts like someone they're not. And then many of us have been burned by religious people. How many of us would say, I've met some religious people who acted like someone that it turns out they were not. So we, we don't want hypocrisy. We don't want to act like someone we're not. But it still leaves us with this question. If we're followers of Jesus, how are we supposed to act? And again, you may not care yet. You may not even be remotely interested in following Jesus. That's okay. You don't have to believe anything. You're not ready to believe yet. But for all of us who have who've seen the truth about our lives, 
and seeing who God is and we put our faith in Jesus, how are we supposed to act? Well, there is an answer. The book of Romans in the New Testament of the Bible, a guy named Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God, to, to write about the grace that God has shown us. Now, God, sometimes in the Bible we read about God showing human beings mercy. Sometimes we read about grace. Say, what's the difference? Mercy is when we do not receive something we deserve, okay? So real quick, you'll get this right away. How many of us have broken the speed limit at some point in the past six months, just by a show of hands? Assuming that's just about everybody with a license, okay? So some of you are like, I don't even have my license and I've broken the speeding limit. Yes, exactly. Um, so actually, we started the weekend off and I was asking that question. I said, how many of us have broken the speeding limit? So it's like subconsciously I was expressing so how many of us have broken the speed limit and not received a ticket? Show of hands, did not receive a ticket at some point in the past. That's mercy, right? Deserved a ticket, did not receive one. Okay, that's mercy. God shows us mercy. How many of us have discovered there are times where if we were honest, our behaviors, our thoughts, our actions, we probably deserve something that by the mercy of God, we did not deserve, right? Here's grace. Grace is when we receive something good that we did nothing to deserve, it's just a little bit different. So grace is when you're speeding and you get pulled over and the police officer says, hey, you were speeding. Here's a gift card for the mall. <laughs> That's grace right there. <laughs> Somebody like, I like this message already. I'm not saying you should try this. I'm saying that if that police officer were God... <laughs> This is what it looks like to receive the grace of God. I want you to let that sink in. God has shown us not just mercy, extraordinary grace. And he's done this through Jesus Christ, through what Jesus did for us before we got our act together. In Romans, Paul writes in another place that while we were still sinning, messing up our lives with reckless abandon, Jesus died for us to forgive us of our Sins, that's, that's grace when we receive something really good, a rich new life with God that we did nothing to earn or deserve. So that brings us back to the question, for all of us who've received God's grace like that, how should we act now? How do we live our lives? Paul asked it this way, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? So here's how it works. If God looked at all of our sin, and he didn't just show us mercy, like I'm not gonna give you what you deserve, but he showed us grace, I'm gonna give you something good that you've done nothing to deserve or earn, then if grace is God responding to all the wrong that we've done by forgiving us through Jesus, should we just keep doing more and more wrong stuff, keep sinning, keep thinking and speaking and acting in dysfunctional and broken ways that are less than God's best for us and our best for God because God loves to show grace? Do we just keep sinning so God can show us more grace? And some of us are going, yeah, that's my plan. I'd be like, God, I've got, some, got a whole bunch of new sins for you today. Is that how we should live? So winter's coming, right? How many of us are hoping for snow? Show of hands, all of our locations. Some of us are snow, snow people. So uh, I grew up in Canada, most of you know, and I like the climate here better. I don't wanna go back. But this time of year, I start kind of longing for some snow. And I'm getting a little bit anxious because it's been a few winters since we had any snow. So I'm hoping for snow this winter, partly because when it snows, 
my family likes to get out in it and build a snowman. It's me and my son Connor, snowman in our front yard. I think it's a pretty awesome snowman, if I do say so myself. Like, and uh, we just love to get out in the snow and build a snowman in our front yard. It's one of those simple, kind of just joyful things our family does. You know how to build a snowman, right? You start with a little bit of snow, you roll it around in the yard, and then you roll it some more, and it picks up more snow, and soon, if you just keep rolling that thing around, that, that snow around, it becomes enough to start a snowman, and the longer you roll that little bit of snow that you started with around in the yard, the bigger the snowman will be. Paul says, before we met Jesus, we had built some pretty big sin snowmen. Like we all of us had. We, had, we started with a little bit of sin, a little bit of brokenness, a little bit of unmet need that we decided to satisfy in some selfish way, and we rolled it around for a long time until it got bigger and bigger. And some of us know what this means. Our sin snowballed. Some of us go, I never thought like that. One decision would lead me here. Never thought a few extra drinks, and I would end up there. The one lustful thought, and then I would, I, would, I would end up over here. It just... We rolled it around the yard, and we built this enormous snowman of sin just until it started to block the view of the house. It's just huge. That's the bad news. But the good news is, through Jesus, it doesn't matter how big the snowman was or is. The grace of God through Jesus Christ melts it all away. He forgives us. What Jesus did on the cross, we are forgiven no matter how much our sin had snowballed, we, ha- we are forgiven. So, again, brings us back to our question. Once Jesus does that for us, we put our faith in him, receive grace that we did nothing to earn or deserve, should we just keep rolling our lives around in the yard, building more sin snowmen? Here you go, Jesus, here's another one. Forgive this one too. Is that how we should live? Here's the answer. Of course not. Well, why? Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? That's a twist, right? Now, again, this is written to people who said yes to following Jesus. If that's not you yet, you can take a pass. That's who this is written to. So if you're like, sin, I don't even know if I believe in sin. Okay, that's where you are right now. But for all of us who know Jesus, that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus did not say, hey, you're having a bad day. Let me make it 7% better. Jesus said, you are separated from the God who created you and you can't fix that problem on your own. Let me die in your place so you can be reconnected to him. That's what Jesus did for us. It's a big deal. And so for all of us who said, okay, I'll take that deal. I will trade my old life and take this new life that God is offering me through Jesus. We need to understand that God's grace toward us was not dependent on how we acted It was dependent on how Jesus acted on our behalf. And now that that old sin snowman has been melted away by God's grace, God's grace has changed us, but God's grace continues to change us, including the way we act. And when we believe that Jesus died for our sins, Paul says, as God inspired him to write it, something changes in us and we die to our sins. So how could we let sin keep snowballing in our lives? Listen, we would be acting like someone we're not. The greatest hypocrisy 
is actually not when someone acts like they're more spiritual than they are. The greatest hypocrisy is when someone who has met Jesus continues to live as if they had not met Jesus. It's the ultimate faking it. And some of us find ourselves there at times. We're just not sure how to act. And then some of us find ourselves with shame and regret. And so what do we do? We try to manage our sin. We try to dismantle the snowman, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this snowman down to a manageable size. The problem is the snowman is 68 feet tall. And we can't take care of our sin on our own. We need the grace of God to melt it away. And that's why every day we need the grace of God. I need God's grace every day to melt away the sin that started to accumulate and get me back in a place of trusting God and being dependent on him. So once we find Jesus, this does not mean that we'll never struggle with sin or dysfunction again. What it means is that when we put our faith in Jesus, we are never the same. We are new and we are becoming new. In other words, watch this. It is never okay to act like someone we're not. Agreed? But it is always okay to act like someone we're not yet, but are believing God to become. In other words, I start living like the person God says I am before I even feel like I am that person yet. Does that make sense to everybody? When I act like someone I'm not to try and fool you, I'm a fake. But when I act like someone I'm not yet, but I'm believing God by his grace to become, I am a follower of Jesus. And we all get this in life, right? We know this makes sense. If you're married, if I wanna be a better spouse, I do not wait until I am a better spouse to start doing the things a better spouse would do. So I don't say to my wife, hey baby, I just want you to know I have not arrived yet, so I'm gonna continue to be a colossal jerk. Once I arrive at a place that I feel like I am a good spouse, then, I mean, prepare yourself. 30 years from now is gonna be great. No, I start doing the things that a better spouse would do, loving, nurturing, listening, apologizing, caring, whether I feel like I'm that person or not, not because I'm faking my way to try and fool my wife, but because she is important enough to me for me to rise above my emotions and start living the way that would make our marriage a better marriage. Everybody tracking with me? Same is true as a student. You want to be a, a great student? You don't wait until you're a great student to start doing the things that a great student does. You start doing the things a great student would do, even though you're not a great student yet, and eventually, what do you become? A great student. You want to be a pro athlete? I say this with zero personal experience. But if you want to be a pro athlete, you don't go, okay. You don't wake up one day and go, pro, I'm a pro now. What do I do? I've done, you know, I've done nothing, but I'm a pro. No, you start doing the things behind the scenes no one ever sees. Eventually, you walk out on the field and you score a touchdown basket goal score. <laughs> Same is true when it comes to following Jesus. And here's how we say it here. We are real church for real people, which means we don't fake it. We are honest about where we are. But the point of getting honest about where we are is that we would continue to change and grow by the grace of God that is at work within us and become who God intended us to become. That's what a spiritual journey looks like. 
So we act like devoted followers of Jesus when we feel like it and when we don't, because in God's eyes, we are devoted followers of Jesus. Don't wait for your faith to catch up with your circumstances and your character. Teach your character to catch up with your faith. And then the world around you will start to see Jesus in you. So what does this have to do with baptism? A lot. Because here's the next part. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died, when we put our faith in Jesus, we died to sin. When we believe that Jesus died for us, we let go of our lives as we knew and understand them and trusted God. And then we were buried. If you're gonna die, you should be buried. We were buried with Christ. How? By baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Why? So that sin might lose its power in our lives. So when we meet Jesus, really meet Jesus, listen, we are never the same. And baptism is the outward sign that we believe that. Baptism says, I am not who I want to be yet, but I am certainly not who I was by the grace of God. And I am starting a journey with Jesus that eventually will lead me to become who God has always seen me to be. It's a powerful thing. Powerful thing. And for all of us who put our faith in Jesus, trusting in what he did to make us right with God, now we can choose how to live. By faith, we can choose how we act. And the more we act like we believe what God says is true, the more we act like through Jesus, sin has lost its power in our lives, the more sin loses its power in our lives. We don't act a certain way because we're faking it. We act a certain way because we are agreeing with God. So we get very honest. I am broken. I am imperfect. I make mistakes. I fail. I sin. I fall down. But then we keep getting back up by the grace of God and say, saying, that's not all that is true about me. What else is true about me is the grace of God is transforming me. I am growing stronger every day in Christ, and it's not my power, it's his power at work in me. And that's the power of God, which means it's never okay to act like someone we're not. It's always okay to act like someone we're not yet, but we're believing God to become. So how do we do that? Last part. Do not let sin control the way you live. It's not that sin's never gonna show up again. Not that those old ways of thinking and speaking and acting are not gonna rear their ugly head. But when you find yourself rolling a sin snowball, stop and let the sun melt it away. And you do this by giving yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. We were dead in our sins. We met Jesus who died for our sins. So we died to our sins. And our old life was buried with Christ in baptism. Is the only moment in human experience where a funeral in one split second becomes a party. by the grace of God. Without Jesus, we are dead in our sins. But when we find Jesus and we put our faith in him, we meet a God. Listen, I don't know what God you thought you knew, but 
when we put our faith in Jesus, we meet a God who looks at us and says, I see you in your sin and brokenness. He does not sweep that under the rug. I see you in your sin and brokenness. But I am not going to judge you for your sin. I'm gonna show you mercy. And then I'm gonna give you grace in the form of my son, Jesus Christ. I have given him to die in your place. You can pay for your sin or you can let Jesus pay for your sin. And for all of us who say, you know what? I may not be the smartest person on the planet, but if I have to choose, I'm gonna let Jesus pay for my sin. We experience the grace of God and we start living this new life where we give ourselves completely to God and we choose what God wants over our own desires, not because we're trying to act like someone we're not, but because through Jesus, we have the power to start acting like the person he says we are. And baptism is a powerful symbol of that. It's how we're joined with Christ. Internal faith, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord makes us right with God. Baptism seals the deal publicly. Makes it clear who we are and whose we are. So I never should have been acting like we were rich that day in that restaurant. I was faking it because we weren't rich and we weren't on our way to becoming rich. But I certainly should have been acting like someone who is secure no matter what our income was. Because that is true about me in God's eyes. Now listen, for some of you today, you have wondered if you are qualified to take the step of baptism. Listen very closely to this. You're wondered, you've wondered, am I qualified? You don't wanna act like someone you're not, and I respect that. And if you are not serious about following Jesus yet, don't get baptized today. Wait, let God continue to work in your life. But if you are serious about following Jesus, I have fantastic news. You don't get good to get God. You get God 